Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcast, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. 
Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today. I'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest, Amy Porterfield. Amy, my friend, how are you? What is happening in your world today? Hey, dear friend. I am good. I'm busy and doing lots of stuff in the business, and it's it's nice to sit down and talk to you and probably in ways that I don't usually do on podcast interviews, so I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. And I appreciate you greatly for popping in here. I know that we're going to be able to create just a ton of value for people. You know, one of the things that has always attracted me to the work that you do, and and I'm going to date back a little bit here. In the beginning of my journey, I came across this guy, you might have heard of him, called Brendan Burchard. Through him, I went through this deep dive, and suddenly I was in this world. And you were one of the people, and I actually got to share this with you when we were in New York together. You were one of the first people that I actually was like, oh, they're keeping it real. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not fluff bullshit. They're not out here selling lies. They have worked with some of the greatest minds on planet Earth, and through their own willingness to deter, through determination and finding the courage to face their fear, they've been able to build something spectacular. I've seen you speak on tons of stages and, you know, you're not a hard person to fight. But what I'm really curious about and where I want to start this conversation is where are you at now? Look at your life, where you're at, the things you've built, what you've created. How does Amy Porterfield go about her day-to-day life to continue building and expounding on the life that you once thought that you could create? Mm, so where am I now? You know, I've never, ever been in a place that I felt like, okay, I've made it. I've done it. We're here. And so because I've never felt that way, even though I'm living a life right now beyond my wildest dreams, my husband and I constantly are like, "How, how is this happening? But at the same time, I'm always looking to grow, to better myself. Um, I'm pretty hard on myself. I have to be very careful of that. So I'm always thinking like, what do I need to improve? What do I need to focus on? So it's constantly growth and learning in this world over here. Yeah. And and in that, as you're stepping deeper into it, like are how do you facilitate the spaces that you are growing in? Because I think, and especially when you live in kind of the personal development world, it's easy to get overran by, oh, I need to read this book, go to that conference, yes. get involved in this thing. Like, and I think people, as they get deeper into the journey, even with stuff here and think unbroken, I'm like, hold on, wait a second, what do you actually need? So how do you kind of facilitate that I know I need to grow, but discovering like this is the wa- the plant I should water, right? Yes. Okay, so this is a great question because I am constantly focused on like, what is my focus right now? What is my priority? And one thing I teach my students that I try to do myself is I don't want a lot of balls in the air. I don't want um, too many things that I'm trying to work on And I really am careful about uh, shiny object syndrome. Like that looks good. That looks good. So my whole growth of my business has been, let's focus on just a few core things at once and do them well and do them over and over again. So I I look at my personal development like that as well. 
I am someone who has struggled very much so with depression and anxiety since I've been very young. And so for that is a focus this year because last year in 2021, somehow or another, I got deep into depression. It's just like I woke up one morning and I thought, how did I get this far into feeling this way again? So I climbed out of it in 2021 and 2022 is all about let's not go back there. So it's my morning routine that I'm focusing on. It's my uh, nighttime ritual that I'm focusing on. I don't have a lot of room to focus on a lot of personal development. So it's it's those things that I do in the morning and evening that I focus on the most. Yeah, the most crucial and critical. Um, I interviewed Gabor Mate, who is arguably the leading researcher, doctor, speaker in the the trauma space. And I remember he told me depression is when we depress things down, we hold them mm -hmm. down. And because of that, they tend to kind of rule our life like you. And like the huge reason I created this show is battling massive depression, and anxiety in my life. And in fact, attempting to take my life in the past. Mm -hmm. And, and it's one of the things that I've held on to, and I don't know if this feels true for you or not, but I, I've come to realize that this too shall pass. Yeah. There's this space of understanding, like, you know what, maybe if I just keep going, not in that weird, like, to push myself to the fucking brink, because obviously yeah. that doesn't work, but like, can I brush my teeth? Can mm -hmm. I put one foot in front? So clawing yourself out of that, what was that experience like for you, if you're willing to go in? Yeah, I am. So it, what it felt like in the moment was there, it, I got scared when there were mornings I didn't want to get out of bed because my business, my the business I built is my baby. I've never given birth to a child, but I do feel like I've given birth to this business. And it's everything to me. Unfortunately, probably too much of my identity is tied to it. So that's a whole other story, but it's the truth. And so when I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning, when I literally couldn't find happiness in anything, that is when it started to scare me because I thought this is so much bigger than me. And this isn't just take a walk and it's going to go away kind of thing. And so for me, that's when I just realized, holy cow, I need to do something about it. And that's when I started to reach out. I, I called a therapist. I started getting recommendations for a therapist. I started doing things bigger than just what I could control. I talked to a doctor about, do I need medication? I chose not to go that route, but it was definitely on the, on the radar for me at the time. And so I just started reaching out. I'm not one to ask for a lot of help, but that felt, it was too big for just me. And then asking for help, you know, I think that's one of the things people caught up on because they'll see people like you and they'll see people, I mean, you could name the list, right? And they go, oh, their life is perfect. There's no way they struggle. But it's like, I think we're all reconciling with darkness, right? Absolutely. And that was something, you know, I gravitate toward people in the online space that will really share that kind of stuff. And but it's interesting. I have a, a unique take on it, or maybe not unique, but my own take on it that others won't necessarily agree with. Actually, maybe you won't even agree with this. Mm. But I, when I share things online, I like to share from a point of my, my scabs and not my oozy wound that's still there. And so it's kind of gross to say it that way. But if I'm in it, deep in it, and I don't know what to do, I'm trying to navigate it myself. I am not one to jump on Instagram and be like, hey guys, I'm deep into depression. This morning I couldn't get out of bed and I want to cry all day. Just wanted to let you know, 
I don't do that. It doesn't feel right or authentic to me. And I want to process my own things before I go tell the world about it. And so for me, I am more quiet when I'm going through something. I am very introspective about it. But once I start to see progress, that's when I'm willing to share my scabs, meaning things have kind of been just like kind of healed over a little bit, maybe not all the way, but I've got some thoughts or insight about what I'm doing to move forward. That just works for me. And I love that of others as well. I don't necessarily want to be in the, the total messy in the moment with someone seeing them have a breakdown. I just, I don't want to see that from them, but I do love to see what did you do to overcome it? What, what, it, what worked for you or how are you moving forward? That's just what I love. So I look for people that will be honest and share that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think that's, I'm actually in entire agreement with you. Okay. And actually got raked over the coals a few times now for calling people out for crying on the internet. It's, it's hard for me to see. And, and I think about that and it's, it's not that maybe that's not a healing space for you, but my thought has always been like, how is that actually helping? Yeah. Right. Because we all like, nobody comes through this unscathed. No. You have a 0% chance of not suffering. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. You know, and so I, and I think in that one of the things that you can do is kind of pause and take inventory of your life and look at it and think about moving forward. And I think people kind of caught up in this idea and this notion that somehow they're less than because they have emotions and feelings. And I think it's especially difficult when you're a public figure. And so you know, when you kind of navigate this and you get to that place, and I, I think this question will actually apply kind of across the board, but at, at what point do you start to feel like, oh, I, I've kind of reined this in a little bit more control over my life, feeling like the sunny days are sunny again? Like, what does that feel like? What does that look like if you painted a picture? When, when things start to kind of shift for me. Exactly. Yeah. So what that feels like and what that looks like for me is that I find myself in a moment where I'm with somebody, I'm on a Zoom call with a team member, I'm with my husband, and, and I'm just laughing about something or smiling about something where it just, just came natural all of a sudden, where I hadn't heard that laugh or I haven't seen myself smile in days or weeks. So I just notice those little moments of, oh, I also am very aware when my mind gets quiet. It, when I'm in um, depression or anxiety, it is very uh, going very fast, lots of thoughts, and uh, I can't seem to just take a breath and just, uh, so I'm looking for those moments. And here's the key. I have to look for them. You have to find evidence that things are going to be okay or looking up for you. And so I make it a practice. When are the moments that my mind feels more quiet? When it, do I just let out a laugh because something feels good? And, and I do this practice and I, I do this all the time. In the moment when I feel good or happy, I say it out loud. I feel so happy right now. Like my husband's very used to this. I'll be cooking in the kitchen. I feel that calm. I feel really good right now. And I have to voice it to remind myself because my mind loves to look for the darkness. It's a scary thing. Loves to look for the darkness. So I vocally, I say it out loud. I feel good. I feel happy. And it just kind of puts me into that state. So that has been it's so silly, but so helpful. No, it's it's so true. Actually, I resonate with that a ton. I, by nature, am a catastrophizer. And Same I, friend. It's weird because like in the crux, like in the belly of it all, I'm like, the world is fucking doomed and we're all going to die. 
And then I pause and I go, that's not true. Oh, I, I like that. So much empirical evidence that I can leverage in my own confirmation bias to be like, wait a second, wait a second. Maybe this isn't true. I was speaking with Grant Cardone once on, on his stage during uh, 10X Bootcamp. And he told me personally after he had made a decision to invest in Think Unbroken, which was a really incredibly beautiful moment. I was kind of like immediately shifted into, oh shit, you know, in my head. Right. And it's like, he could read my mind and he goes, hey dude, just take your flowers. Uh. And what that actually meant, what that kind of sat in me was this idea of like, actually, you know what? Maybe you actually have done really beautiful, amazing things. And you also have to acknowledge that. Okay. And so good. I'm so glad you brought this up. I literally just made, okay, I can't believe I'm saying this TikTok video. Yes, I have a TikTok channel, whatever. But I recently just made a TikTok two minutes before I got live on here talking about self-sabotage in this, this thing where something good, it's so perfect for what you just said. Something good happens to me. Like I recently got a massive book deal. So amazing, beyond my wildest dreams. I celebrated for one minute and then my mind rushed with, what if I can't produce? What if I don't sell enough books? What if I look like a fool? What if I can't write this book? It, I mean, I couldn't even, I didn't have time to pop a champagne and have a glass. And it, that I, I was so upset later when I thought about that. Like I didn't even allow myself to sit in the good. I do believe just like Grant was telling you, sitting, allowing yourself to sit in the good just a little bit longer is a daily practice I try so that every time I sit in the good just a little bit longer, I know it's uncomfortable, Amy, but just sit with it a little longer before your mind goes to what could go wrong. And I think the more I do that, the longer that's going to become. They're all just little habits, right? And so what you did was exactly what I did as well. Yeah. You know, what's really interesting too, as I, I reflect on a lot of the things that I've been able to do in my life, I really do truly mean this. Like I shouldn't be here. I should be dead or in jail. And the momentary celebrations often have felt overshadowed by the need to sabotage, which I've had to do all the therapy for. And today it's very different where I sit in it and I have grace, I have compassion for myself. And it's, it's literally the foundation of what I, I teach my clients. It's like, hold on, wait a second. You are your worst fuck up. You're not your worst mistake. But this idea, I want to go into this TikTok. And yes, everyone has a TikTok. It's fine. Two, two part question. How do you actually define self-sabotage? Mm -hmm. And then B, how do you recognize it? Mm. So for me, I define self-sabotage as not, uh, not allowing yourself to have something good stay in your life. So if something good happens, you're going to push it away. You're going to do something to get rid of it, or you're just going to have a thought that now something bad's going to happen. So how would you define it? Yeah. For me, it is unconsciously doing things that I know are to the detriment of the life that I want to create. Okay. That also, yeah, that makes perfect sense as well. Doing something to the detriment of all this good that you could have. Yes, absolutely. And so in, in defining it, the thing that it's been able to do for me has helped me recognize it. Yeah. And so that was the other, like, how do you recognize? Let, let's face it. You have been able to build a massive online career. You're one of the best public speakers in the country. You've worked with some of the greatest minds on planet Earth. 
and know that people are going to be like, there's no way this person self-sabotaged. But we all do. And so how do you notice it? Like you're, you know, you're getting ready to do a launch or you're getting ready to write this book. And it's like, how do you know if Amy's doing the thing? Yes. Okay. So one of the things that helps me notice what's going on with me is the art or the practice of journaling. Now, I don't even like to journal. It's just, I wish I did. It's not my favorite thing. But every morning, if I spend 10 minutes journaling and I do a brain dump, what's going on? Let's see if we can work it out on the paper. When I see all the things that I think are going to happen that in a bad way, all the bad things that are going to happen, or when I'm only focusing on the negative throughout all of these pages, I know there's some self-sabotage here because there's always good things happening around us if we look for it, if we allow them to come in. And so if all I'm doing is thinking about all the scary things, all the bad things, what I'm afraid of, I'm not letting something good happen in bloom. And to me, it's very, it's like the evidence right there, you're self-sabotaging. Wow, that's that's really profound. I It actually makes me want to go and look at some of my older journals now because I okay. am a journal, 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 whatever, you know what I'm trying to say. And so I always have kind of looked at being a writer before anything, before, that's coach, so great. before a speaker, before a podcast host. And now I'm very curious if that's the kind of language that I was actually putting in that journal and if maybe we could make meaning of that. Because I'm always pushing people here, like, go journal, write down, get that stuff out of your head. Ah, so powerful. I hope one day I enjoy it and love it. I don't know why I struggle with it so much. Maybe, you know, I've never thought about it this way. I wonder if I struggle with journaling so much because I do have to face the things I actually don't want to talk about. So if I am sharing my fears, if I am putting down on paper what I'm worried about, and I'm a natural worrier, so there's lots of worry. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to deal with this. I want to pretend like it's not there. I want to go do my work, do another Facebook Live, do another TikTok. That is not healthy. You have to deal with it. So I think now maybe it's because of that. But journaling doesn't have to be all negative. There's so many amazing prompts you could do about what you love, what you're grateful for, what you're looking forward to. I probably don't do that enough. Yeah. I Well, and I think I don't either. I don't think anyone does. I mean, mm. especially not in this society, right, where everything's negative all the time, always. You really have to be cognizant of it. Right? So and, true. And, and I mean, you know, I think often you cannot hide from yourself, right? And and that's true of my journal, of my mirror, of the show, of the things that I create. And it's like, I remember when I was in my 20s, like I was working for a Fortune 10 company. I have no high school diploma, no college education. I was making six figures. It's very improbable. But I was deep, deep, deep into self-sabotage. And by the time I was 26, I've shared this on the show before. By the time I was 26, I made a million dollars and I was 50 grand in debt. Ugh. And and you talk about hiding from it. Like the bills would come and I would put them under the other bills and I would stuff them down. Totally. And then my sister would call me and she'd be like, why are these people calling? Oh, no. Right. It's like inevitably, no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try to run from yourself, you have to recognize you're going to discover who you are. And and I think like innately as humans, it's part of suffering to look at the truth. Yes. But it's also the very thing that frees you, you know, which leads me to thinking about your journey. You know, you go back, I would dare say there's a lot of people who would literally kill for the job that you used to have. 
and and people would look at that and go how could she ever give that up mm-hmm. and i'm wondering how much of that experience and if you want to talk about the job you're you're more than welcome to but i'm wondering how much of the experience of moment in time which has now transformed you and your life into what it is was about you honoring your truth and your authenticity So such a great question. So I worked for Tony Robbins for almost seven years as the director of content development. So I got to travel the world with Tony and the team and work on the content that he does on stage, like Unleash the Power Within and Date with Destiny. Anyone who knows Tony knows those events. And it was incredible. It was an incredible experience. And one thing I've never, ever, ever talked about is that every day I thought I was going to lose my job or get in trouble or do something wrong, not because of the environment. The Tony Robbins environment was incredible and I loved I loved working there and Tony was good to me. It was more so all my demons, all my fears, all my insecurities. It was a really amazing job and I was scared I wasn't worthy of it or that I was going to do something wrong. And that's that self-sabotage. I got something great. I got, you're right, I got a position And I got paid well and I got to travel that many people would have loved. And I thought maybe I don't deserve this or maybe I'm not good enough. And so I really struggled through that experience and kind of haven't really thought about why some days were really hard. I loved it and I kind of silently struggled behind the scenes with my own insecurities. But when I officially decided to leave, it had nothing to do with not loving my job. And it really probably didn't have anything to do with those insecurities I even mentioned. It came to a point that I, for the first time ever, and I had been in corporate since I left my days of college. It was the first time ever I thought, I want to do something on my own. I want more freedom. I want to call the shots. I want to be more creative. I want to build something for me. So it was something that it was like God guided because for me, I didn't have confidence at the time. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do on my own. But there was this knowing and I, I do want something different and something really exciting. So I don't know how that all came about, but it, it really did happen that way. We'll be right back to today's show. But first, I need to ask you a question. Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling like you don't have the support to go to the next level in your healing journey? Are you feeling like you wish you had a little bit more support from not only myself, but the Unbroken Nation? Well, my friend, I want to invite you to come and join our live weekly coaching sessions in Think Unbroken. All you have to do is go to keys, K-E-Y-S, keys.thinkunbroken.com to sign up and join us today with 100% money back, no questions asked, guaranteed and no contract or commitment every week for the next year. You can come and be a part of our live coaching sessions each Monday as we dive deep into not only answering your questions, but questions from the unbroken nation and help you take all of the information that you learn in the podcast, in the courses and other areas of this journey, bring them into your life and use it in a way that is practical, life-changing and transformative. So my friend, join us at keys.thinkunbroken.com and we will see you this Monday. And there, there's a calling to it, right? And yes. Were there, like, what I'm curious about is because I think a lot of people feel that, right? Whether it's jobs, relationships, anything that transpires in our life, we often feel pulled to, this is the thing that I need to do. And, and my argument for myself to do the thing is to recognize that if I don't, I'm going to die with regret. Mm-hmm. And that to me is 
honestly the most terrifying thing on planet Earth. And yeah. so what was kind of the time frame, if you can remember, mm -hmm. between you starting these ruminations to the execution of walking into arguably one of the greatest jobs in America and be like, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. So it actually, there was a very specific moment that happened. So I'd been there for about, I don't know, six years or so. And Tony had a meeting at the San Diego headquarters where I work. And he brought in a bunch of internet marketers. They were all men. And it was Brendan Bouchard and Frank Kern and Jeff Walker and just like the most amazing internet marketer guys. And I didn't know who any of them were. But what happened was Tony was starting to do more stuff online, building up his digital course library, all that good stuff. And he was just curious how these guys were running their business. And so we went around the table and he's like, tell me about your business. And all I heard them say was freedom. Like they talked about creativity, freedom, lifestyle, freedom, financial freedom. They were calling the shots. They had time to be with their families. They were going on vacations. They were living really good lives. And that's kind of what they were talking about as they went around the table. I took, oh, I forgot to tell you that I was invited to that meeting to take notes. I sat at a different table. I was not part of the conversation, but I was asked to take notes because one of the things that Tony does really well is he documents everything and he goes back and he studies it. And so taking notes was just a normal thing we did for everything. So I, I took the worst notes of my life that day because all I wanted to do was hear about what the heck are these guys doing? And in that moment, I realized I am not free. I am not free. I have uh, every single day of my life, I've had a boss from growing up with a really strict father to then getting into the corporate world and boss after boss after boss. And these guys were calling the shots and something in me sparked to say, I want to do that. I want to call the shots. I don't even know. I had no idea what I would do, but I wanted out. And it wasn't like I wanted away from the Robbins organization. I just wanted a way to do something new, different and on my own. So it was that meeting that sparked it like that. And it was a year from that meeting that I actually took the leap. Were you thinking about it every day? Every single day, every single day. And I had to be careful and I teach my students this as well. I didn't want to have one foot out and one foot in and do a terrible job and then leave the Robbins organization and not have any respect for my coworkers or Tony or anything like that. So what I did instead, instead of like being like, I don't want to be here, I don't want to be here anymore. I thought, how could I, I wasn't ready to leave. I didn't have anything put together to leave and go out on my own. And, and so what I did is I decided, can I change my job here to learn some skills that I don't have that could be really helpful when I eventually do leave? And because I had been with the business for a long time and had good standing there, I asked to move to the marketing department. Then I asked to work on our digital course launches. Then I asked to work from home. And then I asked to go part-time. All of this happened over the year. And it was so perfect because the, the business was transitioning at the time. They were making huge changes. So I just kept getting yes after yes after yes. So I feel very fortunate. But my friend reminded me today about something else we were talking about. You never get what you don't ask for. So I wasn't afraid to ask for it. And that helped. True. I mean, that's why you're here right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and and I mean that like that's that's not faux pas. It's because, you know, you look at it in anything that you want to build. It starts with belief. It yeah. really starts with and I get told no all the time, all the time, every single day, multiple times a day. But you have to be able to leverage your belief in yourself that you can do it. 
And I think that people get stuck in that all the time. And when I first started my first business, when I was 25, I walked away from a Fortune 10 company that I'd made a million dollars at. And I started to become a wedding photographer. And my friends were like, you're a psycho. Good luck. You don't have a high school diploma. You don't have a college education. You'll never be this successful again. Well, on a long enough timeline, I was the number two wedding photographer in the state of Indiana, printed and published in tons of magazines, blah, 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 blah. And now I don't share this a lot on the show, but one of my companies is a retail company in the photography space. And that was because I just believed that I could. That doesn't mean I didn't suffer. That doesn't mean it didn't suck. Like a lot of, I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but I'm really curious to your thoughts. I think a lot of entrepreneurship is just dealing with the suckiness of the mundane. Amen, brother. It is so true. I don't think we talk about the suckiness enough. You know, I called a good girlfriend the other day uh, and she's in the internet marketing space. And actually, I'll give her credit. If you guys know Jasmine Starr, she's amazing. But I want to give her credit for what she did. I call her all the time. We do voice text all the time. And it's so nice to have an entrepreneurial friend that you can bounce things off. And I called her complaining. Today, I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do that. And why do I keep doing the stuff in my business that I don't want to do? Because you hear all the time, if it's not a hell yes, don't do it. Mm -hmm. But here I was making my TikTok videos and doing some interviews I didn't want to do and getting on the phone and reviewing something, whatever. And I was complaining. And she's like, but what do you want? Do you want X, Y, Z, which is my goals? I'm like, yeah. And she's like, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes you got to do the things that you don't want to do. And sometimes entrepreneurship is sucky to get you to the ultimate reward of whatever you want. And in that moment, I was like, I'm fine with this stuff. I'll do this stuff all day long because I know what I want and where it's going to get me. And so, yes, there is suckiness in being an entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. And my life mantra, which I probably should get tattooed on my face, is no excuses, just results. Because when so good. you really think about it, you've never done anything in your life that was easy. No, never. We are suffering. And so when you, when you talk about these goals, when you talk about the things you want to create and the willingness to, to go through the pain, building them, how do you keep yourself going? When you're in those moments and maybe you don't have the conversation with Jasmine, yeah. you don't have that leverage, you don't have the reminder, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I just want to watch TV all day. Knowing that, and sometimes, look, you got to watch TV all day, let's yeah. call it what it is. But yeah. when it's not that, when it's not that, and it's actually procrastination, when it's actually fear, when it's actually stuckness, how do you propel yourself forward anyway? Because mm. so, I do all the time. So this is a great question. How do I propel myself forward when I don't have, if I'm not calling someone, if I'm not asking my husband for advice or calling a friend and I'm just, it's just me. What I do is I, I want to be really honest about this. I do it anyway, even when I don't want to. I, here's what I do. I don't allow myself to have the chatter around, do I want to do this or not? How am I feeling around this? I don't want to get out of bed. I want to watch TV all day. I don't allow myself to have the conversation. It's like, nope, we're just going to do it. We're going to do it uncomfortable. We're going to do it in fear. We're going to do it when we don't want to because I am always clear about what I want, what my goals are, always. And so that's always going to drive me. So I guess my answer is I, I cut off the chatter. Like when you say no excuses, just results, I don't even let myself have the conversation in my head. That has always helped me. 
And I'm very clear also, this is a little trick. It's so silly. Like I'm not gonna say anything profound on this podcast, but I can promise you there's things I can suggest that people have heard of that are not doing. Like, are you doing it? You might've heard it, but are you doing it? And one of the things that helps me immensely is I do not go to bed until my next day is planned. I know exactly what's happening the next day. I know the meetings. I know the things I need to do. I know how it's going down. So when my feet hit the floor in the morning, I might not feel like it. It does not matter. I know what I'm doing. And that has helped me a lot as well. Yeah, that's helped me. So that's literally the first thing that Brittany Burchard taught me was oh, that's cool. control your calendar. Yes. And, and, and that became, and this applies, like, okay, let, let's talk about this for a second. Entrepreneurship out of the damn equation. Okay. Control your calendar. Yes. Control your life. And and this upsets people. I actually got canceled on this in 2020, by the way. So what do you mean? If anyone remembers me getting canceled, because I told people that they were wasting time. And I said that one of the most important things that you can do when you've been allotted the space to create is to actually create. And and one of the things that I have found to be incredibly profound and life changing for me, because, Amy, I swear to God, there's nothing better than getting stoned, playing video games, and eating gummy bears. Okay, I've never done that, but wow, if you but say so. I'm giving this context because how does that align me with my goals? Yeah. How does that push me towards my mission? How does that help me change the world? It doesn't, so I disallow it. And the way that I disallow it is by not having white space in my calendar. But I, I think that oh. people just don't even know where to begin. You know, you look at this and what you've been able to create and build in your life is saying, I don't allow myself to go to bed before having that. But I'm going to guess that probably hasn't always been a part of your vernacular. Right? Oh, absolutely not. What? I would, please. Yeah, I'd wake up in the morning. I'd write a list of 50 things I need to do. I could only get to 10 and then I'd end the day like I was a failure. How have you been able to reframe that to build that habit and then to execute against it effectively? So one thing that I did when that happened so often that I got to the point and said, like, this is this is not working. So I got an executive assistant a few years back and I told her this is this is a technique, but it has helped immensely. I use a project management tool called Asana. You can use any project management tool. That's the one I like. And I also use Google Cal, of course. So there is not a day where Every task I have in Asana that I need to do has a time chunk on my calendar. So if I can't realistically get it done, it has not even been assigned to me that day. And I work closely with a a virtual assistant to help me do this. But when I say I wake up in the morning and I know exactly what I'm doing, it's not just a to-do list. It's actually in my calendar. This is a chunk for that. This is when I'm going to do this. This is when I'm going to do that. Now, I like white space, but the way I see white space is buffer. Like I used to set my calendar so tight that I literally had no time to go pee in the day. It was this and that and that. And I'm like, I I can't even think. So I like a little buffer throughout the day, but I know exactly what I'm doing. So that's how I overcame that. I actually got into action. I'm all about processes and systems to streamline your day. What do you think? Maybe it is the calendar. But what are some of the systems or processes that you've added to your life that have most impactful, most foundationally impacted you that are accessible to anybody? 
So one thing, this is going to sound a little bit weird that I'm using this as one of those strategies or systems is I moved to a four-day work week. My entire team of 20 virtual employees all over the U.S., a year and a half ago, we moved to a four-day work week. Now, what that did and why I became more efficient and I started to get more done is if you only have four days to get the same amount of work done, you're going to tighten up how you do it. And so we put systems and processes in place to allow this to happen. And one of the things is meetings. We had to stop being in meetings all day long because nothing gets done when you are in a meeting. There's a lot of ideation, but you're not getting anything done. And so we, we said, if you want a meeting, it has to be 30 minutes. And if it needs longer, you need an agenda explain, to explain why we have to meet for more than 30 minutes. And then there's two days a week on our team that nobody's in a meeting. They're just getting it done. And so things like that, less meetings, more dialed in meetings, huge for us. And then in addition to that, I, I make sure that I, my days are set up in a way that I'm actually not running errands in the middle of the afternoon. I'm not doing a doctor's appointment here or there. And this is, might seem a little, little weird and rigid, but because I work a four-day work week, I can save all that for Friday. And so I am just in like, and my husband teases like, have you been anywhere today? I'm like, no, I don't even drive my car Monday through Thursday. I am in it. But I get Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I do not work nights. I do not work weekends. And I used to all the time. And so that also has allowed me to have uh, stronger mental health, to have three days that I actually unplug. That makes a lot of sense to me. I, I was on the bandwagon for a long time of the no sleep warrior mentality. And when you really start to understand the negative impact of that lifestyle, like you pay a toll. And I definitely paid some heavy tolls for that, right? And putting yourself in this position of that, I wouldn't call it workaholism, but just going, burning the candle at both ends. Oh, yeah. And, and look, what I think is interesting, it's different for everybody, right? I think about, you know, John Maxwell, once I was having a conversation with him and he says, you know, and that John Maxwell voice that he has, he, you know, people always want to be where I am, but they've never want to be where I've been. Ooh. Right. That was the same reaction I had. And so, well, I'm going to ask you a really pointed question. Was it worth it? For all those nights, all of the pushing, all the struggle, all the I'm going to do whatever it takes. Like, was it worth it to now have today four day work? Never even asked that question. So my gut is absolutely worth it. It was all worth it. I wouldn't change it for the world. That was my gut. But then if I was really digging deep and being honest, what I would want to say is that, yes, it was worth it. Was it necessary? I don't know. I don't know if I needed to do it that way to get to where I'm at today. And here's what I mean by that. I came up in the online world when the hustle mentality, like you said, all anyone talked about, no one talked about uh, four-day work weeks are not hustling or, or doing less, but making more. That was not even a conversation. And this is not a knock to the guys, but it was a lot of bro marketing, you know, that right. term. And it, yeah, it was just mostly guys. I never saw a woman teach much of anything online 13, 14 years ago. And so I just was like, okay, this is how you do it. Now I felt like I, I feel like sometimes I do a little bit of a, I did a disservice to my students who have been with me for years and years because I only knew the hustle mentality. It's just like in the last two years that I've talked about, is hustling absolutely necessary to get to where you want to go? In the first few years, I think it is. 
I think I, I think you need to say yes to most things. You need to work all you can to get it done. I actually do think year one, two of entrepreneurship, you're going to hustle. Do you need to continue that? I do not believe so. And I continued it till just a few years ago. So that's the long answer to that. Yeah. What what caused you to shift that? Because like even, you know, I know there's a lot of people who are listening who are entrepreneurs or they're working two jobs, some by necessity, unfortunately, because of the world that we live in. But but what started becoming the shift for you to be like, actually, no, maybe I don't have to do this to myself? Yeah. It was when I was making millions of dollars and not happy, making millions of dollars and thinking, what am I doing all this for? Say what? that again. Millions I, of dollars and not happy. Not happy. Like that blew my mind. Like I thought that once my business made millions of dollars, everything would be good in the world. Now, I didn't say that to myself, but I know it was back there unconsciously. Totally. And then I got there and I'm like, I am so freaking tired. I am so burned out. And my marriage to my husband, Hobie, is everything to me. And he came to me at one point, this is many years ago, and he said, I don't even see you anymore. I don't even, I don't even know who you are. Like, this is not what we signed up for. This is not the journey we wanted to be on. And in that moment, when he seemed so sad, so disconnected from me, it scared me. It really scared me. I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my husband. And so that was what finally, I think relationships always can kind of bring us back to reality. And that one scared me. So all the burnout, all the fear, and then Hobie saying that, I was like, okay, I'm paying attention. There's nothing external, and this has been my experience. There's nothing external that will ever bring you fulfillment, that will ever bring you love, that will ever bring you peace or happiness, contentment, compassion, joy, happiness, right? And, and I think building it inside of yourself is incredibly difficult, but the most foundational important thing that you can do. And I'm curious, going and maybe closing a loop here, standing in the kitchen saying I'm happy, right? Mm -hmm loving this moment like what what brings you joy now what brings you happiness what are the things that make you feel so we have a lake house not this is not the uh it's not things that make me happy so stay with me but when we i moved from southern california where i was born and raised my whole life to nashville a year and a half ago and we bought a fixer-upper lake house about an hour and a half of where we live now and going there on the weekends and just sitting and being quiet on this little deck overlooking the water, just those moments bring me absolute happiness because it's the moments when my mind is just quiet for a second that I tell myself, it's all okay, Amy. You're going to be okay. You're safe. You're protected. It's all good. I, I have to tell myself this a lot. In those moments, I am in pure bliss. I love it. Another thing is we got this old used uh, boat, a ski boat, and we go out at nighttime when the sun's going down and I have this playlist that I created that I love. And I literally just, no one can hear me because the boat's so loud. I sing at the top of my lungs. The sun's going down. Hobie's driving the boat. I'm sitting at the front, the wind in my face. I am very happy in those moments. But I, I want to tell you the truth about those moments because I'm someone who, who deals with uh, depression and anxiety. I'll be happy and I'll be singing. And, and then in the flash, it'll be like, yeah, but what if this launch doesn't work out? Or what if that employee that you love so much quits? It's like the weirdest thing. And then I'm just like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm here. I'm safe. I'm protected. 
And so I have to bring it back a lot. And I hate to say this, but that happiness doesn't come naturally to me, but I sure welcome it in as much as I can. Yeah. And try to honor it, right? Yes. I, I resonate with that so much. It's, you know, I, I remember I was speaking at Jen Gottlieb's event um, back in New York City. I don't know, whenever that was. And the second I got off of stage, I was just like, do these people care? Mm. Does anything that I just did matter? Am I actually going to change the world? And like, I can't control that, right? It's the no. control. In yeah. the moment, I, I reminded myself that this is my version of what you just said. I am strong. I am capable. I am worthy. And nobody Perfect. would know that in a room of 500 freaking people that that was going on. But we all struggle with it. And in the happiness, there is sadness. And I've, I'm a proponent. If you can't feel some emotions, then you can't feel any emotion. And as much as it sucks to ride the wave, like that is the human experience. It really is. You know, I work with a coach. And one thing that she reminds me a lot is that, one, I'm not responsible for all the thoughts I have. Two, I can't believe everything I think. And three, it is very normal to have the negative thoughts. That was something I used to beat myself up for having the negative thoughts. And then that's a vicious cycle. But she she taught me that very normal to when you get off stage and you just did something big to the, these thoughts come rushing in. But where we are responsible for is what we do with them. And one thing she taught me is that I always have to give equal airtime to the good when the bad starts rushing in. So equal airtime. So in that moment when I think, oh, my gosh, the business is going to fall apart. Nothing's going to work. I just have to stop myself and say, all right, I see that thought. So today I was able to reach this goal. Today, this really great thing happened. And what if we hit our big goals? What am I going to do to celebrate? Like I have to give equal airtime. So that's helped me immensely as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's just just such a strong and palatable reminder. Like, oh, shit, guess what? You're a human being. You're human. Yep. Amen. Right? And, and I often tell myself I'm a robot when I'm in work mode. Right. And it's just a little mind trick I play on myself. But we're, we're human and we're going through it. And none of us really know what we're doing. I don't know about you, Amy, but I don't actually know what I'm doing. I'm uh, just trying to figure it out. I'm just making this up as I go. Yeah. And I think if people can leverage that and sit on that, give themselves some compassion and grace and, and just a lot the space to just see what happens. It just, it helps so much and it'll change your life. Okay. It'll be profound. My so friend, true. This has been an amazing conversation. Before I ask you my last question, please tell everyone where they can find you. Well, thank you so much for asking. And thank you for this beautiful conversation. I have a podcast called Online Marketing Made Easy. So if you love podcasts and you want more advice about list building and webinars and funnels and digital courses, I'm your girl. So Online Marketing Made Easy. All the things we did not talk about. And so right. let, let me have a cat. I'd like to say this before I ask the last question, because this is this matters to me. I've learned so much from Amy. At, I give this, if I had a stamp of approval, it would get it. <laughs> the value and the content that she creates. If you are an entrepreneur, if you have a side hustle, if you're just thinking like, maybe I want to pursue it and I don't even know, go and listen to her show because you will learn more from her than you will from pretty much most people. Uh, thank you. And that means that, a lot. For sure. I, it's a pleasure. My last question for you, my friend. What does it mean to you to be unbroken? It means that, what does it mean to be unbroken? All that comes to mind is self-love. 
when I love myself, when I accept myself and all the craziness that I just mentioned of all the things that go in my head, if I love myself, I think that I will be unbroken. Beautifully said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, Unbroken Nation, we'll be right back to the show. But I wanted to let you know that you can grab a copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, for free. If you go to book.thinkunbroken.com, you can download the PDF ebook version of the book and get everything that I know about the baseline of healing trauma for free downloaded to your email right now. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to download your copy of Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma for a PDF for your phone. Again, that is book.thinkunbroken.com. Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at Think Unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show. But I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.